Live from the Business Radio X studio inside Renaissance Bank, the bank that specializes in understanding you. It's time for North Fulton Business Radio. And hello again, everyone. Welcome to another edition of North Fulton Business Radio. I'm John Ray. And folks, we are broadcasting from inside Renaissance Bank in beautiful Alpharetta. And if you are in a situation where you've been mega banked one too many times, and if you have, you know what I mean by that. (laughs) You're looking for a bank that has all the resources that you need for your business, but they're small enough to deliver those resources in a personal way. Well, I think that combination, that magic combination happens at Renaissance Bank. And I know that from my own experience. So um, if you're looking for a better banking experience for your business, go to renaissancebank.com and find one of their local offices. Give them a call. And I think, I think you'll be glad you did. Renaissance Bank, understanding you, member FDIC. And now I want to welcome Nikki Evans. Nikki is with Ridgeline Coaching. Nikki, welcome. Thank you. Yeah, thanks, thanks for being here. Thanks for coming on. Let's talk a little bit about you and Ridgeline Coaching. How are you serving folks out there? Great, thanks. Um, so I help small business owners, mid, mid-sized business owners, fix people problems. So whether that's who should I hire next and how do I even go about doing that? Or that's how do I help people be accountable in my business? Mm. Or how do I set a, an intentional culture in my business all the way up through, Hey, I want to keep continuing to grow, or maybe I want to figure out what my legacy is. And maybe I want to move on from this business and figure out what that's going to look like for me next. So I help, I help leaders and teams figure out the the people issues in their organizations. I'm shocked to hear small businesses have people problems. I know, I know. There's only one or two out there. <laughs> right. right, such a small market, right? No, um, no, it's, uh, if you have, it, it, what do they say about the, the people problem started employee number two and maybe not even then, right? <laughs> they, right. They, maybe even earlier than then, right? That's right. Um, well, let's, 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 um, before we get into some of the details of your work though, I'd love to, if you could share a little bit about your journey and your background and, and what led you into coaching Ridgeline coaching. Sure. So I started off in college studying psychology because I thought it was really interesting. Mm -hmm. When I talked to my professors about what I could do with that job, none of that sounded interesting at all to me. (laughs) Uh, So I went and got an MBA and and got into a technology startup with friends of mine Mm. and did various roles in that. So I spent 25 years of my career doing technology Mm. work in various roles. And in one of those roles, I was as a leader asked a a direct report to do a project and she tried to get out of it. And she said, she didn't want to do it. And I said, I understand. I need you to do it. And she went to one of my peers in another department, tried to get him to assign somebody to do it. And I said, no, 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 I need you to do it. Mm -hmm. She went to one of her peers to try to get her to do it. And I said, no, 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 I need you to do it. Mm. Come and talk to me. I don't understand why this is so hard for you. Come and, come and talk to me. Let's figure this out. So she came and sat down and we had a conversation. And when she left, she was kind of excited about doing this thing that she had tried so hard to get out of. And when she left, I thought, wow, what was that? That was, that was fun. I enjoyed that conversation. And like, is that just being a good leader? That was, that was fun. Mm. Luckily for me, she came back and she said, that was a coaching conversation and you're really good at it and you should look into it. Wow. That, 
Wow, what a story. It was amazing. And yeah. so, and I said, oh, And okay. you didn't recognize it that way. I didn't recognize it that way. Initially. Initially. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so then she, you know, she helped me get in, introduced to some people that were coaches and, and I started to hear about what this was and, and how it worked. And I said, yeah, I, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. So I went and got a certification and I, you know, started kind of doing coaching on the side while I was still doing my technical stuff. And, and even in the, in the environment that I was in, you know, I'd, I'd say to some of my leaders, Hey, you know, we're, we're talking about morale in the staff meeting. My, my team seems to be doing pretty well. I think it's because of some of this work that I'm doing. Mm. I'd be interested in, you know, sharing that. And everybody kind of looked at me sadly and said, well, you know, we're, we're IT, not HR, right? Yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah. Okay. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I'll take my good morale and leave you alone. That's right. Um, so, but eventually I realized that this was really what I should be doing. And, and after I raised my hand one too many times and Mm -hmm. ended up in a role that was a really, really bad fit for me. And and it kind of went downhill from there. I, I just decided, okay, well, you know, I've, I've started this. I know that this is the thing. I mm-hmm. should probably just pursue this as the thing. And so now I get to do this all the time. I get to do coaching and consulting. So sometimes coaching is a super powerful tool and it's one tool. It's not the one you have to use all the time, but it's one that I, that I do tend to use a lot. So I want to go back to that conversation. Um, that seminal conversation that you had, what was it in that your, um, this person that you were working with, what did they see in that conversation from you that caused them to come back and say, you ought to be a coach? How did you handle that conversation? I was really curious. Hmm. And I, and I think it started with that. It started with, look, I care about you. I know that you can do this thing. I know that you don't want to do this thing. Mm-hmm. And I'm really curious as to why, because I'm seeing this as a very simple thing. Mm-hmm. And so she started to explain her vision of what it was that I had asked her to do. And I, I kept being curious and I kept saying, well, how do you think, you know, why do you think it needs to look like that? Here's, here's how I see it. Why do you need, why do you think it needs to look like that? And I think I also used a lot of metaphors for her and that's something that I use a lot. Right. Mm. So when I said to her, I don't need you to care about this project. I don't need you to think about it when you go home. I just need you to kick it kick the can down the road. Like the can is here and I need the can over there. And all Mm -hmm. I need you to do is kick the can. You're kind of supervising somebody else doing this, but I need you to make sure that it's happening. And when she heard kick the can, she was like, okay, I can kick a can. Like I, (laughs) I'm I'm in, I can do that. So I think it was a a demonstration of, I'm not going to make you wrong for not wanting to do this. I'm just really curious about why it is that you don't want to do this. Mm -hmm. And then helping her see why I thought she would be a good fit for this role, what I thought she needed to do to be successful and then help her see that all the, all of the things that she thought were required to be successful were not as big as what she thought they were that needed you know, in order to, to meet the expectations of this particular project. Got it. So the, I want to come back around to that, how you, how that works in terms of the business leaders that you uh, coach today, but let's talk about some of the issues that they're dealing with that leads you to get a phone call to begin with. Right. Sure. So let, let's, let's, what, I mean, there's so many different people issues that business owners confront. What are some of the big ones that you're seeing right now? 
A lot of it is around accountability, I think. not, and, and that, I think, stems down to clear communication, which I think is at the heart of the story that I just told. Mm-hmm. I had a very clear picture of what I needed her to do in my head and maybe didn't explain it in enough detail for her to understand this wasn't going to become her life. This was something that I needed her to do for two more months till it, till it crossed the finish line. Mm-hmm. And so I think a lot of times business owners – have very clear expectations about what it is that they want to do or how they want it to be done. And they don't often communicate it as clearly as they think they're communicating it. Mm. Um, and so I think that's part of the problem. And so there's this accountability gap. And so business owners think, well, nobody else on my team cares as much about this and they're not doing what I need them to do. So I'm gonna have to go in and fix it or do it over again. Or And, and really a lot of times that accountability just comes down to well, how well are you communicating the importance of this, how it should get done when it should get done. And does it have to get done the way you would do it or does it just have to get done? Um, so I think that's, that's part of it. And I think also, you know, business owners struggle a little bit with when and how to hire their next, their next person. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, for sure. Do you think that employees, and I, I know this is a general statement and general statements are dangerous, but do employees live down to expectations or up to expectations um, that they're, uh, the, that the owner of the business has for them? That is a really interesting question. I, yes. And, and a players want to live up to expectations. And if they're not being challenged and they don't have enough autonomy, they'll leave. Mm-hmm. B players and C players will live down to your expectations. If you don't want me to think, I will not think. If you don't want me to take action on this, I will not take action. If you're going to come in and sweep it all up, then there's no point in me trying to make it clean in the first place. Right, right. And that gets translated by the business owner into things like disengagement. Um, They interpret it that way when it's um, really not that. In, in fact, it may be the opposite. You may have somebody that wants to be engaged, but they see an over over involvement maybe from their leader, and they decide, "Hey, why why am I worried? Right? You go ahead and do your thing." Yeah, I think it discourages people. If you've given me a, a task or a responsibility, mm-hmm. or if I'm trying to take ownership of something, and you come in behind me and change it or throw a bomb at it the next time I'm going to be a little less likely to want to take ownership of that thing yeah. because I've, I wasn't rewarded for taking ownership of it. In fact, I was in my eyes penalized for it. You Mm -hmm. might have thought that it was helpful, but if you told me to be responsible for this and I tried to take responsibility for it and then you came in at the last minute and rearranged everything, then I'm I'm not responsible for it. And so if you're not going to reward and allow for, and I think that that's the other challenge that business owners have is it's hard to watch somebody else make a mistake that you know not to make, mm. but it's also one of the necessary ways to grow a business. If you want leaders who are going to make good decisions, you have to support them when they make bad decisions and help them learn from the bad decision that they made. And so while no one wants to let expensive bad decisions run rampant in their organization, you learned from your mistakes. You learned when you took some action that didn't go the way you wanted it to. And you have to make a safe environment for your team to feel like they can make mistakes come up with a way to fix it and come back to you and say, here's, here's what we're doing to fix it. If you swoop in the first sign of trouble, they're not learning from that mistake. All they're learning is that if they don't do it perfectly, it gets taken away from them. Right. Right. Well, yeah, that such an important, um, insight. And 
when does a business owner know when to step in and, and because the mistake could be a catastrophic one, right? I mean, there are times when you've got to step in and then when to let go and just allow that situation to play out like it needs to play out. That's a tough one. Yeah. Often. Uh, and there are some sort of, sort of frameworks that you can think about. Um, one that I've used a lot that came from the the book Fierce Conversation, Susan Scott, is a decision tree, right? So she uses this metaphor of a of a tree. And so at the leaf level of the tree, I can make a decision and not tell you about it. Mm-hmm. Because if I pluck a leaf off of a tree, the tree's health is likely not in peril. Right. And then there are branch decisions where that's a bigger decision. Um, I make the decision and then I tell you about the decision that I've made before I actually take action on the decision. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there are trunk decisions where I come to you with what I think is a solution and you and I work on it together mm-hmm. to come up with that decision, right? Because now if I'm making a trunk level decision, th- that's a much bigger impact on the tree. Mm-hmm. And then there are root decisions where I don't get to make the decision. I can bring up the problem, the challenge that I, that I think we're having and maybe come up with some solutions, but that's your decision to make because Again, if I start cutting roots off the tree, that's a, that's a much bigger impact than if I start pulling leaves off the tree. Yeah. The idea is that as leaders get more confident and as, as you get more confident as an owner and your leaders and as your leaders get more confident and more experience, more of those decisions can be moved to branch and leaf decisions and fewer and fewer of them have to be a powwow with you at the trunk and the, and the root level. Got it. Folks, we're chatting with Nikki Evans. Nikki is... The Chief Thought Provoker. I like that title. Thank you. <laughs> At Ridgeline Coaching. What, what, tell me about that title. Well, I started to think about what is it that I do here, right? I mean, everybody knows what a chief executive officer is. Sure. Um, my job is to make you think about things differently. Mm. Like in, this, in the story that I told about that employee, I made her think differently about the task that I had in front of her. And I think when leaders can think differently, and that's kind of what a coaching conversation is, is, is holding a container so that you can come up with or hear that insight that you need to hear. And so I see my job as helping you think better mm-hmm. and me holding space for you to think better. And I provoke those thoughts by the questions that I ask or sometimes the silence between the questions. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Yeah, I could see how that would be. Yeah, I like that. Uh, well, you're, you're making me think, that's for sure. Now, we're, t- we, we're talking about this um, uh, business leader, this business owner who has these employees and they're they, he, they, that business leader, he or she has to make a decision about, uh, give them, uh, you know, the leeway to be able to do their jobs. Um, but part of the success of that is hiring the right people to begin with. Right. So yes. let's, let's talk about, you've got some thoughts on that, right? I do. I think one mistake I think business owners make is they don't hire soon enough. Uh, so that they're doing too many things and then they're so busy that they can't even see taking time out to hire somebody. Mm. You're, you're too late when you've gotten to that point. Yeah. Um, but I also think that not knowing what, thinking about kind of the behaviors that they're looking for in people. So I, I work with some tools that sort of measure some of these natural hardwired behaviors that we have. We can flex these behaviors. Um, but if you pick something that you know that you're good at and if you can find people that are good at things that you're not good at. Mm-hmm. 
for me, that will be somebody that's really highly planned and that's really good at organizing things. Those are not my strengths. Mm. I'm good at provoking thought and I'm good at brainstorming on things. Mm-hmm. Um, so when I'm looking to hire, I, I interview my team to say, I need somebody that's way more planned than I am. And it's probably going to make you a little crazy that I'm not that planned because of the way your brain works is in plans and the way my brain works is in outlines, right. maybe, bullet lists. Right. And so if you need more from me, then you're going to have to ask me. It's not because I'm hoping that you'll fail and it's not because I don't want to give you the information. It's because my brain's not wired to need the kind of information that yours is to take action. So help me help you. So I think when owners can really think about what's required in this role and get a really good idea, not just of the tasks, but of the of the behaviors that they're looking to see, and then they can build a system around how are they going to ask those questions so that they can figure out what those behaviors are, if they have a good understanding of what their own behaviors are, if they have a good understanding of what they're looking for in somebody, um, that helps them be more confident in the hiring process and it helps them figure out, are these the right people? Are these people that, one, I'll enjoy working with, and two, we'll be able to do the things that I'm asking them to do because we tend to hire people that are just like us. So if I hire people based on who I want to talk to at a cocktail party, I'm going to end up with a whole team full of us that have tons of ideas and don't operationalize a single thing Mm. because we're not putting it in, you know, we we just don't have the planning to put put things in place. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. So one of the things that you talk about, and we talked a little bit before we came on the air, is you're a um, big believer in behavioral patterns. Yes. Right. So let, uh, describe what a behavioral pattern is and then how that fits into how you coach your clients. Sure. So <clears throat> there are certain tendencies that we have. One of them is is kind of being high on take charge or being high on cooperative. There are in the tool that I use, there are eight of those uh, sort of scales. And you are either somewhere in the mid range of that or you tend toward being high take charge, or you tend to being high cooperative. All of those are great skills. Um, the, the closer you are to the middle of that range, the easier it is for you to sometimes be take charge and sometimes be cooperative. But, mm. but the further away you get from the middle of that scale, the harder it is for you to flex. So a lot of business owners score on that high take charge side. They're pretty self-reliant. They like to make decisions. They're good at making decisions. They like to drive things that are happening. Where, People high cooperative don't love making decisions on their own. They're really good at reading the room. They're really group oriented. They're really good at building community. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you have to understand where are you? If you're the leader that's high cooperative, that's fantastic. But then being forced to make all the decisions is going to feel really uncomfortable for you. Um, and so maybe that's time to look for somebody who can partner with you to, to make some of those decisions and take some of that pressure off of you. If you're high take charge and you've got a team full of really cooperative people, then Maybe they need more discussion from you. Maybe they need to hear more of the background of why you're doing this. Maybe they need to feel heard a little bit more in order to run with your with your vision. Mm-hmm. If you've hired a bunch of people like you that are also high take charge, then maybe you're all struggling to be the the one that has the direction, the one that has the answer, the one who's you know whose drive is is the right one to follow. Mm-hmm. So you know, I find that people that hire people that are just like themselves either struggle because everybody's just like that, or they're or they're fighting over you know who's the higher uh, take charge or they don't, they don't understand what is required to flex. So once you see the pattern, 
of high take charge and high cooperative, people listening have an idea of where they fall on that scale because sure. it's easy language to understand. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so once you see where you fall on that pattern and you can start to think about who am I trying to hire? Do I need somebody to answer my phones and run my front desk? Maybe I want somebody high cooperative there. Um, you know, maybe I don't want somebody that, that, you know, is super reserved and, and, uh, you know, doing that kind of work. So it's a, it's a matter of, can you, can you, these behavioral patterns, because they're hardwired are the ones that we go back to and mm. under stress, they're harder to flex. Yeah. We can flex any of these patterns. And once you see them, then it's easier to make those choices about when and how you're going to flex the pattern. But absent seeing them, you're just kind of feeling your way around that. And you might not realize that this, this, you know, as you look back at your career, oh, this is why this keeps happening to me in my career. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that makes that makes a lot of sense. Um, so, are there other behavioral patterns that we need to pay attention to, other than the take charge, cooperative um, dichotomy you set up there? Sure. So. For instance, my one of my top traits is spontaneous. The opposite of that is planned. Hmm. So what happens a lot of times with me is that if we're in a meeting and we're discussing something that's about to be done, I'll say, well, let's do this. You're high planned. Hmm. As soon as I say idea one, you're starting to plan what idea one is going to look like and what those tasks are for you. For me, as soon as I heard myself say idea one, I thought, oh, wait, but idea one B and one C might actually be better. Right. So I've kept right. talking yeah. and I've changed the, I've, I've changed what the plan is. You didn't hear that though, because you were planning idea one and you didn't hear that I've changed now. And I'm talking about idea three because you've just assumed that I'm expounding on idea one. Right. And so we get to the, the end of a meeting and I think we're on idea three and you think we're on idea one. So we come back a week later for a progress update and you're not working on idea three, but you've got a beautiful plan for idea one. And I say, but I thought we were going to do this. And you said, but you said, I did say that. And then I said this and this, which I thought changed, you know, the direction that we were going. Mm -hmm. So having that, you know, so now I know if I'm working with somebody high plan to say, don't write anything down yet. We're not, I'm brainstorming, (laughs) put your pen down. Right. Um, And at the end to say, what do you, you know, how do you think we, what do you think we decided on? What other information do you need from me? So that's one um, results oriented versus um, uh, relational. So do I want to spend more time building relationship with you? Do I get things done through relationship or do I tend to be more bottom line task results focused? Right. Um, pioneering versus content. A lot of times business owners, high pioneering, very determined, very competitive to get what they want. People high content like things more steady. They like that life balance more. They like to, they like to know where stuff is. They like to put time in their community bucket and their home bucket and their work bucket and, and have that smoothed out where high pioneers drive, drive, drive for that one thing. And then the focus might change and it's drive, drive, drive for this thing. And then it's, but it's all in on that one thing. Um, so understanding what those patterns are, like I mentioned for me, spontaneous being a pattern, that means I, I, I'm looking for new things all the time and I will raise my hand for stuff. What I've realized is that when I raise my hand for stuff like project management, which requires a lot of planning, that's not a good fit for me. When I raise my hand for stuff like technical operations, that's not a good fit for me. (laughs) And so seeing these patterns now and seeing how hard it is for me to flex into being highly planned, has helped me choose better about 
one being able to explain better what what I can bring to the table, right. but also where my limitation is and where I need some help and where even if it, even if I have a role that requires some planning, how can you help me be better at that plan? So, yeah, wow. A lot there. And and so you work with not just individual business leaders and coach them, but you work with teams as well, right? I do. And I like to take, you know, once you get to a team, it's kind of a complex system. You've got a bunch of different relationships. So it's not just the relationship between the leader and each person, but each person with each other. And so that that grows exponentially. The bigger your team gets, the more relationships you have to manage on the team. And fixing one thing, fixing one relationship may have a ripple in the rest of your organization. Mm-hmm. Fixing the way you communicate and what your job responsibilities are may change a pa- pattern or process over here, may change the way we need to deal with our external stakeholders, may influence what our purpose and mission is altogether if we've decided on a new way to do things. And so I look at both working with individual leaders, but also working with teams as as working with a system. Mm-hmm. And I, I take the approach of, even if we fix this part of the system, we've talked about hiring. So we want to, we want to fix hiring and put a new process in place for that. Well, it's a little like whack-a-mole. So I fix that problem. Where does the next problem pop right, up? Right. right. Um, and so helping leaders and teams see how things are connected through internal stakeholders and processes and external stakeholders and processes and how they learn as a team mm. and, and make mistakes what their leadership looks like, what the leadership path needs to look like in the organization and, and how all of that ties into purpose and mission. So kind of taking that complex systems approach to working with teams to work on the team and not just in the team Mm. um, and, and working with leaders the same way. Yeah. Wow. Such great work. Uh, Nikki Evans folks with Ridgeline coaching, Nikki, I would love it if you would share a success story. Maybe uh, um, no names or identities needed, but just a a sample of your um, uh, situation that illustrates the great work you do. Thank you. Uh, Sure. So I worked with a financial advisor firm who was having a lot of turnover in one of their key positions. And, And it was starting to burn the rest of the team out as well because there was this high turnover in this position. And so I went in and we did some work both on how do we attract that right, you know, what, what is that role that we need to hire for and, and what's special about that role and what's special about the, the person that's going to be in that role, but also working on the values and the behaviors in the organization that they cared about as a team. What did they want their culture to be? So they weren't a bad team and they didn't have a bad culture, but they didn't have a super intentional culture. Mm-hmm. And so as they were looking to hire and attract people, I worked with them on really figuring out that purpose and and vision and how did that play out and how did they, how did they hold each other accountable to those behaviors? What were the behaviors specifically that they wanted to see that, that that would help them know that they were in a culture that they wanted to work in? And so after, after they worked with me, I got some really great feedback from the leader saying, you know, my team is super happy and I don't think we would have survived. This happened uh, during the COVID the height of COVID. So, um, we were able to work remotely, but it was, you know, I don't think my team would have survived this. And now they're getting, they have somebody in that, that key position. They've got a really clear path for that position about what, what happens with that position. Um, and so 
you know, they've, they, again, reduced turnover in that position, increased the engagement of everybody on the team and, and have a much happier work environment. Yeah. Wow. What a great story. Um, and that's, um, um, and that takes some, this is not just you coming in with your cape and right. I mean, you need some cooperation and some dialogue, just like you, the way you started this, this show and, and, and it, it's a process, right? hundred percent, hundred percent. You, people have to want to get better at working together right? and, and it has to not be a, you will now work better together or else. (laughs) Um, (laughs) The floggings will continue until morale improves kind of thing. Right. That's right. Yeah. Uh, That doesn't usually, you know, so, so there, there has to be some sincerity about wanting to fix the, the problems. And usually, and I think that that's part of, and that goes back to kind of my first story too. It's, it's not a huge change usually that people need to make. It's some small tweaks in how they're communicating or what they're communicating or where, you know, how safe it feels to be in this environment. And, and I think we can see big changes with small degrees. Um, Mm -hmm. So when people hear, you know, I, my whole, you know, environment is rife with people problems. There's no way you're going to fix all the people problems. It feels really big. People problems feels like a really big issue. And when you start solving it, you can make small corrections that will have enormous impact. Mm. Um, and so that's what I like to help people see, provoke them to think about, well, what small thing could I do tomorrow that would yeah. be a little bit different that uh, would make this team function better? Absolutely. Wow. Great work. Let's, let's, let's um, share, if you would, Nikki, the, the, the clients that are great fits for you. I mean, what the um, describe that profile, if you will. So it's, it's small to mid-sized business owners who have a team who maybe everything's not falling apart, but they're looking for a way to systemize how they're hiring and maybe get better at that. So maybe mm-hmm. they do have turnover in a key position and they need to figure out what's happening there. Um, it's, it's people who are struggling a little bit with accountability, business owners who still feel like even after doing their full-time job, they're also running around sweeping up after everybody else. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, and it's teams that maybe don't have a great identity, like it's not a bad culture, but maybe it's not an intentional culture and that they feel like if they could get people more excited about work, more and more enthusiastic about what they're doing or more ownership of what they were doing, that things could expand from there. Well, Nikki, this has been great. And I can't imagine there aren't some folks that fit that description that wouldn't want to be in touch after hearing what you've had to say. So let's give them the directions on how they can do that. Awesome. So you can go to my website, which is ridgelinecoaching.com. There is a spot there that you can book a call with me. It is a complimentary, no obligation call, and I can help you figure out where where is the stem of your people problems, and is that something that I can help with, or is it something that my extensive network of other experts could could potentially help with? If I'm a big believer, and if it's not me, can I help you find somebody that it is yeah. that can help you? That's great. Nikki Evans with Ridgeline Coaching. Nikki, this has been fun and informative, so thank you for both of those things. Well, thanks so much for having me. I've had a blast. Yeah, it was a pleasure. Hey, folks, just a quick reminder. Speaking of dysfunction, if you've got some dysfunction in your back office that involves maybe your bookkeeping or administrative tasks that are weighing you down, Nikki talked about spending too much time doing these things, and uh, then you've try to hire somebody and it doesn't work. Well, here's a suggestion. Office Angels has a whole team of angels that de- depending on the what you need done, they have the they 
will fly in and get the job done and they fly out on an ongoing or as needed basis. Um, they've got a whole team of people with different expertise in different areas, whether it's bookkeeping or uh, administrative work or what have you. Um, so give the chief executive angel there a call, SES Cabido. She's terrific. Um, 770-442-9246. Tell her we sent you. Um, if you're shy, just go to officeangels.us to check check them out. But I suggest just giving Essie a call and explain what it is that you uh, – the help that you need and the dysfunction you're seeing and let her solve that issue for you. I think you'll be glad you did. And, folks, uh, just a thank you to our listeners who you are uh, terrific and we're – appreciate you so much and how you support the show, um, promoting us, uh, our stuff on social media, sharing the show. And I just ask that you continue to do that. Um, when you hear, uh, a business leader like Nikki, whose, uh, interview resonates with you in some way, maybe you want to share it with someone else, a business owner that you think needs to hear that work, please continue to do so. Um, that's how we get the word out on the great business leaders that we feature on this show week after week. And we, as we continue to be the voice of business in North Fulton. So if you can continue to help us help them, we would be grateful. So for my guest, Nikki Evans, I'm John Ray. Join us next time here on North Fulton Business Radio.